I've saved the best to last because this is a topic that obviously I've spent quite a lot of time looking at, studying, working in, uh, but I wanted to save it as my final episode before day 90 with the results day. So the quick question, the main question for today is how can entrepreneurs and startups use nature-based healthcare solutions to break down silos and bridge the worlds of health, climate, justice as well as equity. Welcome to day 87 of my 90-day challenge. The other two days are a weekend, so I'm taking them off. And I'm sharing my personal story into the world of innovation and entrepreneurship in the health space. And for me, health is not just human health, it's planetary health, which includes the environment and animal health too. It's all interlinked as we've seen. And alongside that, I'm highlighting the stories of entrepreneurs, perhaps like you, who from a personal experience, uh, they pivot into the health space. They come from all sorts of backgrounds. So do check out the stories that I've been sharing over the last three months almost. I can't believe it. And in between those, one of the core themes that I've been talking about is the reason why I have pivoted myself from a health profession, which I still do on the side, into the world of entrepreneurship, looking for solutions to help both health professionals as well as entrepreneurs. You know, we struggle. I personally struggled with burnout just over a year ago. And I took some time out and I really went to town and did my own research, looking for ways we can improve resilience beyond what we, we learn. And actually it comes down to four key areas and this is not comprehensive it's just the way that I've framed them myself and I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist but I'll put them out there the first one that I covered and I've been you know in between my guests I've been talking about this in the last 90 days so the foundation is all about mindset so we covered that uh, in the first couple of weeks of content second one is what I call the architecture which is diet nutrition perhaps supplements if you need them Third up is engineering, which is all about how can brain games and physical activity improve our mental health and resilience, as well as brain performance. As entrepreneurs, we need them uh, quite a lot. And the last one is what I've been saving till last. And we're not focusing necessarily just on mental health, but it's the whole concept of ventilation of a building. And for me, that's environmental health. Now, We've, over the past 90 days, we've looked at a lot of the hazards in the environment, whether it's toxins in your home and healthy homes. And I had a guest uh, based in Atlanta who does real estate and public health. So how do, how do homes and buildings affect our health? But really, the environment goes way beyond that. And it's, it's a lever. It's a way that we can work with the environment to promote our health and well-being and indeed tackle some of the issues that we're going to face. And we'll learn more about that today. Briefly, I'm a public health doctor. I'm Beirut's preventive medicine physician here in the UK. My training was in environmental health uh, when I was in the States, both at Harvard School of Public Health and then the CDC in Atlanta. And my mission is to help you, the entrepreneur, to create a healthier, happier world through your ventures. If you are looking to launch the, the next health or planetary health startup, do check out the link in the description below where there's some valuable resources, right? Quick disclaimer, if we do talk about health issues that may affect you, please speak with a licensed doctor. This is information only. I'm joined by Milagros Elia. I hope I pronounced that name right. Look, Absolutely. we're, we're getting there. Excellent, Perfect. thank you. And she's an advanced practice nurse in the US and she's founder of M. Elia Wellness. Her company actually offers educational and consulting services to organizations interested in nature-based healthcare solutions and sustainable 
green space initiatives. And she might be able to work with you if you're a tech company, especially, and you're looking to create program solutions at the intersection of technology, environment, and health. Mila Gross, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Baruch. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure having you here. Um, I, as I've said on previous episodes, nurses are my favorite profession in the health space. They are the ones that held my hand uh, when I first started clinical practice way back when. And, you know, you guys are the true heroes when it comes to uh, being with patients in both good times and bad. You know, as doctors, we're, we're also there, but you guys are there nonstop. So I really thank you for everything that you and your colleagues do. I'd love to ask you my first question, which is why on earth? No, I'm kidding. Why and <laughs> what is your story of going into nursing and especially now focusing on, uh, you know, what you do today with nature-based solutions? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it was, like so many other stories before me, it is, wasn't a straight line. It was um, ev life events that sort of led me to this road. Um, so I've been a nurse for the past 25 years, and my primary focus in nursing has been oncology. And I became a, a nurse practitioner in 2001, continued to work with um, oncology population, uh, moving out of the institutions and more into the community setting. And the reason I went into nursing to begin with was um, I grew up um, in a, a low resource, marginalized, very urban New York City community. And at that time, many, many, many moons ago, um, a lot of what we know now, uh, which is front and center in terms of um, social determinants of health and um, chronic illness, how we weren't really addressing those as much as we are now. And so um, I went into nursing seeing my own family members who had chronic illnesses, um, cancers, um, not really understanding what I could do to help, but knowing that I wanted to help in some way. So flash forward um, 25 years later, I began to feel that um, I wanted more autonomy in how I was effectively impacting my community. And so going from a very individual patient approach to more of a community um, uh, focus, I began my, my business service, MLEO Wellness. And at first I was dealing um, with my specialty, breast cancer patients, survivors. And up until the pandemic, I was offering wellness coaching and educational programs and um, being, speaker on, on many different platforms and then the pandemic hit and suddenly everything that I had been addressing in my early years of social injustice and um, uh, environmental inequity all of these things came front and center and I really felt called to transition and evolve my business focus from only breast cancer to only, you know, working with breast cancer patients to looking more upstream and looking at how the environment was impacting their health and how the environment now with climate crisis being front and center, what part could I play to help the public understand 
and other businesses understand what part they played in the entire uh, climate action environment that we're living through now. And so with that, I began to build my knowledge base by um, taking courses and, and reading and really becoming involved in uh, this area that I hadn't gone to school for, but that has now become my passion. I love it. So it's really a mission-driven business. Um, and it, it, it comes from a place that um, 40 years ago, I lived through and I, you know, I saw, I lived through that environment. I understood that environment. And so now how can I work with that environment um, at a different, at, in a different way? Nice. Uh, Mila Gross, before we continue, we are live, but that's okay. I'm just checking if the microphone, is it hitting on something or is there a fan on in the background perhaps? There's a fan on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, apologies, guys. No, but what no a story, honestly, what a story. And, and I love that um, inspiration. And, the, the, you know, the pandemic, the last uh, 18 months has really um, done so much to so many of us. And there's been terrible stories, obviously, but also some interesting and good stories, too, of pivots for, for many of us. Um, and many of the, the changes, obviously, that we've seen as well with, you know, less travel uh, not just international I'm talking about commuting to and from work they've had beneficial impacts as you know on on the environment so um, it just goes to show you know at the time we were like before the pandemic we were actually talking about what the world needs to do and then suddenly nature gave us a curveball that <laughs> did a lot of it by itself um, look <laughs> I want to come back to you now if you were going to you know as you know our audience our entrepreneurs who are considering just like you and I, we entered the health profession because of a personal reason or caring for a loved one and breast cancer. We've had guests on this show for the last 90 days who've actually entered the, the health entrepreneurship space because of their own cancer. Um, I'm curious if you wanted to give them some advice about your area of expertise. What would the top couple of things be, perhaps? Yes, absolutely. Um, through self-education and through um, really uh, playing a, uh, my whatever role I can find in the global community, because honestly, um, even as you and I are speaking, um, I'm regularly these days finding myself uh, up at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to make a London meeting or um, somewhere else. The, we have to, when it comes to climate change, be all reading from the same playbook. And so what I would say is whatever you are, wherever you are in the world, um, look actively in whatever business model you may have to form partnerships and collaborations across sectors. So part of my, I guess, tagline is I break down um, silos in order to bridge health equity uh, and environment and health. And so it's important, not just in my business, but in every business to look at uh, outside of your personal area of expertise. So for example, I offer educational programs from a healthcare perspective on why and how environmental uh, action steps are important, how a company can take those steps. But beyond that, for projects, I am not a landscaper. I, I don't have much of a green thumb. Um, so I have collaborated with landscapers that are experts in pollinating 
um, plants that are pollinators in native plants. I've uh, collaborated in the HIT community, the HIT community, in terms of how um, technology can, can work with the environment and in the community in terms of green spaces and tree canopy. So there's a lot coming out in that area. Um, but don't try to be everything to everybody. It's impossible. Your best uh, approach moving forward is bridging partnerships. I would also say that no matter what your area of expertise is, at the center of anyone's work, you need to be crystal clear on who you're serving, what their needs are, and this same practice holds true in climate action. One size does not fit all. So it's important to know who your consumers are, who your customers are, um, and in my situation, who the community is, and what are their values? Um, what action steps do they perceive as benefiting their community? So wherever you're coming from in this, it's important not to make assumptions. And because we are businesses, the reality is that as much as um, we would like to contribute, sometimes there are financial restrictions in how much an individual business can put forth. So I always say whenever possible, and this is something that I, that I try to practice, um, lobby with your municipalities, with your whatever governmental, um, uh, however in the government you would, you're comfortable approaching, uh, to lobby for incentives that make it easier for community businesses to participate in sponsoring uh, projects like planting trees in low income areas or um, in recycling, um, whatever you're comfortable doing. It's important to get policy action as well as um, businesses participating as well. So right now it's all hands on deck, but without some incentives from the government, it makes it very hard for entrepreneurs to take the action steps that are, are needed. Mm. No, I appreciate that. I'm just curious, um, there's so many, so many examples out there of problems that need solving. I mean, one right now that I've come across is ever since the uh, the lockdowns and staying at home, I'm, I'm a coffee fan. I don't drink excessive amounts of coffee, but one cup of good coffee I have to get. And just a few weeks ago, I bought one of these. I finally invested in a coffee machine. Um, and it's just a simple one that you put these pods in. And it's crazy how much plastic is being used and wasted. It's insane. Um, right. So right. that's just one one example. I wonder what where where you see problems that are inadvertent. Come back to me on that. What do you want to? Well, share? absolutely. Yeah. And so, listen, we we don't know what we don't know, right? So that's uh, that's across the board, everybody. And so that's why it's important um, to educate yourself and bring in. Let's looking at an entrepreneur, even a solo entrepreneur. What difference can that that particular individual make most even more so if you have employees a larger company and so bringing in uh, consultants who can tell you um you know speaking to your staff about uh using a coffee pod versus a more uh eco-friendly right. alternative is important same with carbon emissions 
bringing in companies that understand how your company can cut down on its admissions. Even things like commuting to work. Recently, um, Yale came out with a, an article on how now that we're returning, more people returning to work, they're going to be using their cars. So what can employers do to really foster an, an, an atmosphere of uh, wanting to do more nature forward um, actions in commuting, which would also be helpful to individuals. Maybe that means walking to work whenever possible. Maybe that means bicycling to work or um, car, sh car ride sharing. There are many different ways, but um, looking for help, an outsider who can help you in areas that maybe you didn't see or see things a little bit differently that is economically uh, not going to adversely affect your, your business, but that is advantageous. And also, I think it's really important um, that businesses think of their branding during, during this, this time period. Um, not only is your business responsible in, in its own part in, make, in moving climate action forward, but there's also a branding issue. How do you want to be perceived by your consumers as, as taking part in this, in, in, in being open about discussing this? And so all of these things should um, take it be part of the conversation that the leadership is having and looking at who to bring in to help in the areas that may be considered blind spots when you just don't know what you don't know. I'm glad you talked about the, um, like the, breaking down silos and the intersectoral approach. I remember 20 years ago, roughly, when I was uh, studying environmental health and one of our professors from MIT came over to teach us about um, policy um, and law. And his tips were to us as future professionals in this space is don't go looking for jobs typically in public health or environmental health agencies. Don't just go for jobs that have public health or environmental health as a job title, uh, which has honestly been one of the seeds he's planted in my mind for the last two decades. And that's why I'm doing what I do. It's taking those same principles that we've been taught in health and medicine and public health and environmental health and going to fresh audiences that actually have impact and have influence, not just in our uh, narrow world of clinical practice. Go ahead. I hear you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, you know, um, in the healthcare population, if you're looking at it as, as a pyramid, at the very base of that pyramid are nurses. So we, we, are, we have um, the most number of healthcare professionals as a whole. Um, in the United States and in other countries, we have been voted the number one most trusted profession, bar none. And so with that comes some responsibility. And if I, I were only to speak to other nurses about the impact on health that climate change is happening, I would be speaking to the choir. I would be, I would, it would be a vacuum of just nurses and doctors talking to each other. We have an obligation to, from our, that comes from our profession to reach out to other areas that may not have the knowledge that we have and connect 
help them to connect the dots. And so, um, absolutely. So mm-hmm. what, what is an oncology nurse practitioner doing talking about uh, climate change and the circular economy and um, you know policy? It's because you, we have that obligation to reach out and bridge areas that maybe didn't seem um, like it could be bridged or like they had anything to do with each other. You know, I, I appreciate that completely. And actually the other day, a couple, I think it was two or three days ago on this 90 day challenge, um, I have an episode called um, Business Ideas in Health and Healthcare. And I highlight exactly, as you said, the intersectoral and indeed the life course approach as well. And then also, I don't know when, I can't remember, but a few months ago, uh, also did an episode on can entrepreneurs help tackle climate change? So do check those out. I want to come back to you, uh, Milagros, with any, have you seen any uh, good practice amongst, I mean, obviously startups, entrepreneurs, they can uh, tackle these issues in, in a number of ways. Number one, it's helping them with their brand in terms of the way that they're working, but it's also doing, it's going to help their bottom line too. That's number one. Um, second one is their products and services. You know, uh, there's in these past episodes I've talked about, there are startups out there that are making a profit, whether they're for profit or non-profit, they still making good revenue based on products and services that tackle these problems. And we're going to see more of those popping up uh, with, with the climate emergency. I'm curious if you've got any one or two examples of startups that are doing that. Um, I do. I, I do. Actually, um, the technology, health information technology company that I work with um, is, a, is a female um, founder who has tech, health technology expertise, but she's actually a research scientist. And so her business is to, um, and she's also an environmental um, environmentalist. So she was a fellow for some time at an organization called ParkRx. ParkRx is all about prescribing nature, which is, going to be huge. Uh, it's, it's really starting to take off. In a few years, it's going to be common practice in mainstream medicine. She took her knowledge from environmental, uh, her PhD in research, and her um, propensity for health tech. And she developed a company called Health Technology Partners. And she is able, she has through grants and through um, direct uh, payment has been able to build this business that links all three of these sectors together. And she's doing well. She, she has, the first three years were rough uh, when she first started, but now she has, she's making enough to, she doesn't need to do other, other things to bring in income. She can concentrate completely just on growing her business. And so that's a huge leap to go from just starting out, developing your brand, um, and it's based on her passion in these three areas. And so she's, she's an excellent example. Um, I think I'm a good example. Yeah. <laughs> Let me build um, on that, Milagros, if I could. Just uh, yeah. Can you give me some use cases of nature, specifically what is nature-based healthcare and some use cases right. uh, 
that what, what kind of impacts can it have? That's a very, it's, it's kind of an umbrella term. Mm. And so that can mean anything from um, prescribed green, green prescriptions, which is where you might be talking, a clinician would be talking to a patient who has high blood pressure, uh, who's very, very sedentary and telling them, um, you know, what local park do you have? I would tell you to go walking three times a week for this much amount of time. Um, that's from that very simple example. To, it can be looking at how a, um, a business, a brick and mortar business, um, how much car, what is their carbon emission and looking at reducing that. Um, we know now about air pollution and how this is impacting local communities. Uh, we have higher rates of cancer, we have higher rates of asthma. And so each individual business is, be, is, is going to be uh, looked at in terms of how their, their emissions are impacting the community, right? Power plants um, can have devastating effects if they're not, you know, regulated to um, looking at educational programs. Like I said, how can employees now returning back to work? What works for the employee that um, helps not just reduce emissions, but also increases their uh, physical activity, which reduces, is likely to reduce in the long-term chronic illnesses or help to mediate the chronic illnesses. So it's a very wide looking term uh, an umbrella term that really fits many, many different models. Hmm. And even when you brought up technology, technology and environment and health um, didn't always fit so easily together. Um, there was a time when I was one of the few uh, nurses in a meeting with environmentalists, but that time has passed. Um, these areas are very much intertwined now and being innovative in how that looks in the final product is um, of utmost value. You know, who can be the most innovative in the most meaningful way? I have another example of a company that just developed an app that they can look at any community um, and see what is the percentage of tree canopy what is the general, you know, uh, health of that population is, and they can compare it and help to designate areas that need, that would benefit from more tree canopy. Um, and look, and, and they're working with the um, local leadership in that area in terms of government and um, community members. And this is all in the form of an app. So, all of these things are, are happening. They're happening very fast. I think this is a prime time for anyone that has any interest in this area to look at how their business can, can play a role. Mm, absolutely. And I'm really curious, just um, my, my last question to you for today, but obviously if you've got any additional words that you'd like to share, uh, if you were gonna, I mean, you've obviously got Melia Wellness, but if you were going to launch the next startup, the next business of your own, what specific problem in the health space would you like to solve? The heart of what I'm doing in my work now is climate justice. So um, the pandemic really, really brought forward um, who was being most impacted. It brought a, a shining flashlight 
to communities like the one that I was raised in um, and how the climate change is like so many other things impacting those communities. And so that's at the core. And I think that should be at the core of any conversation around environment and climate change, looking at climate justice. Right. And so I guess my next, that's where I would like, I, I see my company moving towards um, lobbying at Capitol Hill, um, being used to educate in, on a global level. I'm really hoping that my company will be at that global table talking about infrastructures of governments. Got it. Wow. Big ambitions, big ambitions, big ambitions. But, <laughs> but, but we need that more. Um, so obviously, if you are interested in learning more, I have included the link to uh, M L well, Mila Gross's uh, LinkedIn profile as well. She's on social media too. How, what's the best way to reach out to you, uh, Mila Gross? My website is being uh, updated. So the best way right now is going through LinkedIn or you, they can email me at Millie at mleowellness.com. Okay, I'll put so that into the description for sure. Perfect. Absolutely. Look, I really appreciate your time today. Um, for me, this is crucial that we focus on environmental health as a wider concept as you've been raising, but also as a, kind of a, an intervention too. You can We can use this to both prevent and treat various conditions from chronic diseases through to influencing communicable like infectious diseases as well. There's all sorts of ways we can get involved in this field. If you are interested in learning more, I'm happy to have a chat with you about this as is Milagros, I'm sure. So do get in touch. Um, and remember on Monday, day 90, I'm gonna be celebrating the end of this marathon of going live on YouTube and the podcast on almost a daily basis. It's I've learned so much. I've met so many fantastic people just like you Milagros and um, hopefully we'll be doing more and more uh, great things together as we move forward but on day 90 not only am I going to share my insights into how I've been transforming my mindset and my health personally I'll share that with my coach at Jaffa but I'll also be announcing the winner uh, of the prize that I've been given away so do join me then Milagros any final words over to you I, I just want to say thank you again. This was a wonderful experience. Thank you for letting me get my message out um, to your audience. I really appreciate it. And please, if anyone has any questions, I'm happy to answer. Thank you so much for the work that you do. Keep going. Keep going. I'll be championing you behind the scenes as well. And you're more than welcome to come back anytime. All right. Have a great weekend. See you soon. Take care. Learn more at The Entrepreneur's Doctor. www.entrepreneurs.doctor. Better health starts here.